This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Pull up a stool and join us. 585-866-4FAN. 866-4326. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. It's one of our favorites, really. From the 585, doing great things in Cleveland at our Odyssey Sports Sister Station 92.3, The Fan. Spencer German is in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. Spencer, I want to be optimistic about the Browns going into this season. I've said it multiple times this offseason. The last time we saw Deshaun Watson play a full season of football, all he did was lead the league in passing yards. But it feels different. Where are you at with where the Browns are heading into the season, Spencer? Welcome on in. Thanks for having me, guys. Always always a pleasure to jump on with you guys back in my hometown, so I'm excited to be here. Um, I, I think you, where your head's at with it is I think where a lot of Browns fans' heads are at with it, myself included, because, listen, I, I could have sold the Browns to almost anybody the last couple of years in terms of just looking at the roster on paper and feeling really good about the direction they were heading, and in 2020, they make the playoffs, and you think – all right, they're going to come out the following year and they're going to kind of replicate that and maybe go a little bit deeper into the playoffs. And, you know, they gave the Chiefs a test in that playoff uh, in the, the divisional round uh, in 2020. And you're kind of feeling pretty good about things. And then they've taken some steps back. So I've kind of had to reserve myself, even as I look at a roster that I think is actually better than it's been the last couple of years, because there is a big question mark with Deshaun Watson. And there's some other question marks just across the roster as well. I think the receiver position, I still have some questions because, yeah, you got Amari Cooper, and people are really excited in this town about Elijah Moore, but he's also an unproven commodity in the sense that he had one great year, and then the Jets didn't really want to keep him around to play football with Aaron Rodgers, so there's some questions there as to what he really brings to the table. So, yeah, like I, I think there's, 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 there's the realism of what this team looks like, and, and you can always throw out the on-paper viewpoint. But at the same time, I think fans kind of have those tempered expectations until they, the team kind of proves it to them. And to take it a step further, until Deshaun kind of proves it to them. Because I believe there's still a top 10 caliber quarterback in there. I don't think that that just evaporates because he didn't play for a couple years. But they have to prove that they can pull that out of him as a coaching staff and that he still has that left. And I think there's been some signs of that this offseason. First preseason game he played in, he looked pretty comfortable. But, yeah, until I see it, I, I certainly am right there with a lot of people on the outside looking in, feeling like 
the Browns could be a sneaky contender, but I'm not willing to put my name on that take until I see something in the early stages of the season. Did the Browns do enough, in your opinion, to help bolster that offense uh, this offseason around Deshaun Watson, Spencer? I think, I, I, I'll say this, I think their efforts to build around Deshaun and get him weapons are noticeable. Um, but again, as I kind of alluded to in, in the first answer there, like Elijah Moore, again, a lot of hype about him right now. He's He's had a phenomenal training camp. Him and Deshaun Watson seem to be on the same page and seem to be really developing quite the connection. Um, but I just, I don't know behind Amari Cooper that I trust everything that's at the wide receiver position. Donovan Peoples-Jones has kind of gotten steadily better every single year, but it doesn't seem like the team has really committed to him being a long-term player here. Um, he's in a contract year, essentially, because this is his last year in a contract. Um, you know, like I said, Elijah Moore, for whatever reason, the Jets moved on from him. I understand that they might be, he might be really hyped up right now, but I, he's, again, another guy that I need to see something from before I believe that he is just this bona fide number two or even maybe a future number one receiver for them. So I have questions at wide receiver. I think other than that, though, it's kind of a dream scenario for Deshaun because the offensive line is still really, really good. You got some really good players up there. The only question really is that left tackle position in Jedrick Wills. You got Nick Chubb in the backfield with you. So yeah, I, I think ultimately overall, I think he has the tools to be successful, but there's a few kind of ancillary question marks about certain guys and how, how, how much of con- contributors they will be. Spencer, update me on that offensive line, because I think a lot of us view that as the strength of this team. You mentioned Jedrick Wills there on the left side. We're familiar with Wyatt Teller. He might be one of the best guards going in the NFL. Is that offensive line still as strong as it has been in the past? I think so, yeah. The big question, like I said, is is Jedrick Wills, the the left tackle that uh, Andrew Barry's real first draft pick that he made when he took over as GM, and he hasn't really panned out. It was kind of a it was a decent, a solid first year where people sort of said, okay, there's some signs there. Year two, he took a step back, and then last year he left a lot to be desired. And that is a lot – I'll tell you this. There was a video uh, last week, actually, of him going against Miles Garrett to practice, and Miles Garrett, like, blew right past him, and it turned into this whole debate on social media over, like, well, is it Miles Garrett being Miles Garrett or is it Jedrick Wills being terrible? So it's a, it's a hot topic when you talk about Jedrick Wills in this town right now. But he's the big question mark. I think across the board, though, Joe Batonio maybe a bona fide Hall of Famer at some point. Wyatt Teller, as you mentioned, very, very good. And then you got Jack Conklin on the other side. And then at the center position, they sort of found a diamond in the rough last year. They were planning on starting Nick Harris there, and then he got hurt in training camp. And then Ethan Posick kind of emerged and took over that role, and he was fantastic throughout the season. And there was a point during the offseason where I don't even think the Browns thought they had a chance to re-sign him because he was a free agent. And then the market kind of played out, and they ended up working at a deal to keep him. So, yeah, it's been – if you want to sit and look at Andrew Barry's players that he's drafted or found or developed, he's, he's always seemed to be able to hit on offensive linemen, and it also helps that you have Bill Callahan here as well. We're talking to Spencer German, uh, who is now doing evenings and other things out uh, the fan in Cleveland. So, Spencer, looking at the other side of the ball, and Miles Garrett, certainly, that's a guy you love to anchor. First of all, he's... He left uh, with with an injury this week. Is uh, you know what's the severity of that? Will he be fine for week one? I would assume so. But that defensive line is it good enough to apply pressure on those quarterbacks you're going to need to get after in the division? I think so. If we're if we're trying to look at the off season checklist for this team, 
defensive line, I think, is at the top of the list in terms of things that they bolstered and, and I think got right here. Um, you obviously mentioned Miles Garrett, who was the one piece that's still here. Obo Okorwankwo was a great signing from Houston. Zedaria Smith, kind of the late, tra- late, late off-season trade that they made, opposite of Miles Garrett. Um, and then Dalvin Thomas- Tomlinson, who they, they got from the Vikings, they signed him in the off-season as well. They really put a lot of stock in trying to bolster that group. And I, I can't even forget to mention they just signed uh, Shelby Harris, who was with Seattle last year as well, and he's had a pretty solid career as a defensive tackle. So it's evident, and, and I've kind of been saying this here in town, that the maybe most important offseason addition that this team made was Jim Schwartz because it's obvious that with him coming into the fold, he made it known what he needs to make his defense successful. You guys are obviously pretty familiar with Jim Schwartz as well, myself too, having seen him when he was obviously with the Bills uh, all those years ago before Rex Ryan obviously came in. And, uh, yeah, like he, he is just completely transformed, at least through training camp, it looks like, what this group's going to do and how effective they're going to be. I have a lot of high expectations for that group, and I think they're going to live up to it because they look like they're really, really good. Spencer, by the end of last season, it was pretty clear that um, Kareem Hunt had lost a step. He walks in free agency. You still have Nick Chubb, who's fantastic. But I'm wondering about who's behind Nick Chubb because we've seen Nick Chubb from time to time get dinged up. Uh, and, and they used Chubb and Hunt as kind of like a one-two tandem in that backfield for the Browns. We know how good that line is. So my question is, is Jerome Ford enough? Is Dominic Felton enough behind Nick Chubb? Yeah, I, I'm actually really encouraged by Jerome Ford. He was their draft pick a year ago, and they, I think, wanted to get him more reps last year if it wasn't for the presence of Kareem Hunt. But obviously when you have that one-two punch, you're going to re- kind of ride them as much as possible. I think the organization's really excited about him. I think he's going to be... I don't know if I don't. I don't know if I can put him and say he's going to be. You're not going to miss a beat without Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt, maybe not last year, but his first couple of years here in Cleveland was obviously phenomenal. He was a great sort of counter to Nick Chubb at times. Um, but I think that there's a lot of good signs that he could be a nice sort of player behind him that spells him at times and gets some of the snaps and maybe becomes your your third down back. Demetrius Felton's kind of been a Swiss Army knife guy, and he hasn't gotten a lot of reps. I think they were excited about him coming out, and he hasn't really panned out. He's probably on the roster bubble right now. And then I know John Kelly's another guy who's kind of in the fold right now during training camp. But that's another position that I think behind Nick Chubb, which fans obviously feel pretty good about having him, they're still sort of trying to wait and see how it sort of pans out. So we'll see if there's any other additions that are made. Maybe we'll have a roster cut down day, which should be a, a little bit of a roller coaster for all these teams now that everybody's just getting released all at once. Um, but yeah, I, I think they feel pretty good about Jerome Ford behind him, and I do too. The other thing I'll say, I feel like Nick Chubb gets kind of discredited because he doesn't get a lot of the third down snaps as a pass catcher, but. I want to see them use him more on those third down plays and catching passes out of the backfield. I I think it was a luxury to have Kareem Hunt where you didn't have to rely on Nick Chubb for that, but I don't think he's maybe, I don't even know if it's that he's bad or people think he's bad at it, but we just haven't seen it. And I, I kind of wonder if they'll use him a little bit more in those situations as well. Spencer German, our guest, uh, talking some Browns as uh, that begins uh, the second preseason game uh, for everybody, uh, except the Browns and the Jets, uh, preseason game number three. Um, tonight, uh, that'll be on NFL Network. Uh, Spencer, I'm already looking ahead of week one, and I think that is a fascinating <laughs> at- matchup. I think we all are. Yeah, like, gosh, could the Browns actually kind of sneak up on the Bengals? Because, yeah, I, I think we all expect Joe Burrow to be out there, but... 
You're not getting the work in right now, obviously. So, so your thoughts on that week one matchup, how do you view this from the Cleveland's perspective? Like, like should the Browns be, should Browns fans expect uh, a W in week one? Well, here's the other thing with, with, with Burrow that's interesting is last year, I think he missed a good portion of training camp as well. I think he didn't get like his appendix removed or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And so he was out for a period of time. And week one against the Steelers was probably his worst game of the season. I think he threw like four picks. He looked really bad. Obviously, people were questioning like, oh, the Bengals having that Super Bowl hangover, and then they bounce back. But that's another factor here. Like you mentioned him not getting any of the reps right now. You do wonder how that plays in week one because teams are already sloppy as is week one. They're kind of getting back into the real game speed of things. But, yeah, I I think it's a very fair question. From the Cleveland lens, I've been saying, um, and and most offseat, most uh, preseasons, I go into it and say, listen, I don't really need to see the starters all that much. I don't really care. I trust these guys. But in this instance with the Browns, they have such a different, unique situation than any team's ever had in in terms of having Deshaun Watson on your roster where I want to see him get as many reps as possible. There's been a lot of talk about the uh, new offense that they're implementing that's supposed to be more to his liking and more to his style. Um, He's trying to get a better feel, I think, with his offensive line and them understanding how you block for him, especially when a play breaks down and he has to kind of roll out and make a play with his feet. So I want to see them try to get as much of the rust off that's maybe left as possible before week one because I think this Browns team – with the schedule they have, they play all three of their division opponents within the first five weeks of the season. They have to really hit the ground running and they have no time to waste to, you know, Oh, let's get off to a slow start and like lose a division game. And then maybe we'll pick it up later. Like, no, they gotta, they gotta try to win that game. And if the Bengals are going to be a little bit rusty and maybe they can afford that, I don't think the Browns can. So yeah, I, I think it's so important that they're sort of locked in, ready to go for that game. And if that means giving Deshaun Watson more reps here in the preseason, I know he's not going to play tonight, but maybe in that fourth preseason game, we get a little bit more of him. Um, I'm okay with that because I think that that's a big opportunity week one against the Bengals to kind of put yourself ahead of the eight ball in a division that's going to be really, really tough in a conference, frankly, it's going to be really, really tough. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because it feels like around the league, uh, week two of the preseason is the new week three of the preseason. A lot of teams are going to treat yeah. it as like their dress rehearsal, but the Browns are at a different spot because this is actually their third exhibition. And, and you mentioned we won't see Watson tonight. Uh, how much of the starters will we see tonight against Philadelphia? And, and Tell us a little bit more about a guy who, man, when I watch him play, you know, he's the kind of player that I think to myself, oh, just find a roster spot for him. Start him, you cowards. Dorian Thompson Robinson is just fun (laughs) and exciting and electric from what we've seen so far of him this preseason. Is he getting the start tonight? He is getting the start tonight. That's been a a little bit of a debate here, obviously not at the forefront of people's minds, but the the question over whether or not it should be Dorian Thompson Robinson or Josh Dobbs as the number two quarterback. I think the Browns by all indications are saying that it's that Dobbs is still still solidly the number two guy because he's not even dressing tonight. So they're trying to protect him obviously. Um, But I think it's a fair debate because Dorian Thompson Robinson looked really, really good throughout the preseason. I, I do wonder if, they keep three quarterbacks and keep him around because he has had such a good preseason. If you expose him, somebody will pick him up. You know, they will. Um, So I I think they maybe try to keep three and utilize that emergency quarterback rule, but it's also hard with a team like this because I do think they've addressed their depth issues at a number of positions. And if you keep a third quarterback, that obviously opens you up to maybe lose a guy that you'd like to keep elsewhere. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out specifically. I don't know yet in terms of tonight, like what starters are going to play. I don't, somebody may have reported it, but I might've just missed it at this point. 
Um, but I think maybe a few people get in the mix, but I think the main guys, your Nick Chubbs, your Deshaun Watson, your Miles Garrett's aren't going to be out there tonight for the Browns. And we'll see if they, there's been some talk that they might play that fourth preseason game against the chiefs next week. So we'll see. Spencer, I'd be just curious to get your thoughts on the Manziel doc. Now, the disclaimer here, like nobody, <laughs> I, maybe there's like a, a, a you know, principal or two still around, but that was even before Haslam became the owner. But hey, it's just got to be embarrassing for a fan base that they allowed a quarterback. Yeah, I don't watch film. I'm not showing up to practice. I mean, how did that go over in Cleveland when you all viewed that? It's It's funny because there's a lot of fans who – feel you know oh, i lived this i don't really need to watch this doc and they didn't need to rehash it all but i'll say this i thought that the doc itself it was it was sort of eye-opening in terms of getting the perspective of him at texas a&m and becoming this sort of overnight sensation after he beats alabama and you can kind of uh, I, there, there, for me like there was a level of, sim- of sympathizing with him because yeah, I mean, you, how do you handle that as a 19-year-old? Like, you're you're a superstar instantly like that, and you got to sort of cope with that and all these people trying to be in your face and find out who you are, and that, that's that's a lot. So I can understand why maybe he took a turn that he did, uh, and he admitted in the doc, obviously, that he you know fell in love with being that superstar celebrity. But I thought that they glossed over the Browns part of it, which was like once he got to the NFL, like how did this all go downhill so fast? And it felt like they were just kind of rushing to get to the end of the documentary. And obviously part of that is Johnny Manziel is not really going to talk about that probably. And he was going to try to be painted in somewhat of a good light here. Um, but I think overall, like Cleveland fans who did watch it, they thought it was somewhat enlightening, but they also just kind of knew like, we lived this. We saw a lot of this. We saw the uh, going to Vegas, taking his playbook with him when he first got drafted the biggest night he spent on a week uh, a week that there was a game and then he gets cut the next day like that was a wild wild time here in Cleveland and I've heard some stories just about you know sometimes when he's been out in Cleveland some of the, the crazy things that went on um so yeah I, I think uh I walked away from my perspective feeling like a, a sense, some sense of, of empathy for him but at the same time, I don't think it really registered all that much with Cleveland fans because what they want is like an apology. And I don't think he's ever going to give you that because he's just who he is. <laughs> so, Spencer, what do they got you doing now at the fan? How can we get more of your work? Because you're doing a great job making all of us here in Rochester proud. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I host the Sunday show on our station from 10 to 2 on 92 to the fan here in Cleveland. And then I'm getting some opportunities every now and then to fill in on, 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 at, at, on the night show. So 7 to midnight, I'll actually be in tomorrow night filling in on that show. Um, and then once, uh, once Sundays become game days, I should be involved in the, the pregame festivities once again for the station. So very much looking forward to that. I know we're a couple weeks away here. And like you said earlier, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Just looking ahead to, to week one, September 10th. Can't get here soon enough. Yeah. Last one for me, Spencer. It doesn't matter what the Guardians, where they finish in the standings. Is this a successful year because that Tim Anderson got laid out? What was that <laughs> like that going through that whole experience? <laughs> That does feel like the the, main, the the one big win of the season for Cleveland, no doubt, because it's been a disappointment. I, I actually, last night, uh, I don't know if you guys know who John Fanta is. He does college basketball on Fox, um, but he's a Cleveland native, so I, I, I bring him on every now and then because he loves just talking all things Cleveland sports. And he threw out there that he thought this was the most frustrating Guardian season in the last two decades, which I, I can't really fight him on because there were some high expectations this year, and yeah, that, that knockout punch to Tim Anderson felt like the only real victory they had in a, in a little bit of time here. So, Spencer, enjoy the game tonight. Let's catch up again soon, man. Be well. 
Sounds good. Anytime, guys. Always appreciate it. Take okay. care. There he is. Spencer German from the 585 doing big things in Cleveland at 92.3 The Fan or Odyssey Sports sister station. Appreciate him stopping by. Give us a little preview of the Cleveland Browns season and tonight's matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles in week two of the preseason. That's what makes this time of year so great because if you're a Browns fan, you can say, you know, hmm, yeah. Burrow was terrible last year in week one against the Steelers, and he's not going to be ready. We can go up and grab that, and then who knows from there? It still comes down to Watson for me. You could talk about you know the offensive line. You could talk about Nick Chubb. You could talk about Jim Schwartz. If he doesn't, you know, show up, you know, if he's not matching anywhere close to the dollar finger that you're paying him for, then you know what are you doing in there in Cleveland? Takes on tap next in the sports bar. It's time for I'll drink to that. Yeah, I'm going back to the well here, uh, so to speak, on the whole blindside thing. But I did a little reading last night. I think there's some lessons here for everybody. Some of these numbers and facts, when I put them out, you might be like, oh, I get where Michael Orr is actually coming from on Got all it. this. Um, also, um, you know, my week one pick here. No, I'm not picking Browns Bengals today, although certainly that uh, was enlightening talking to Spencer. But um, my thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up. I have a team. Uh, that I'm going to predict will have the most disappointing season in 2023. They will end the season the most disappointing team in the league with their expectations being where they are. I'll lay out why I believe what I believe when we play. I'll drink to that. Some takes on tap next in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Baseball season heading into the back stretch. Get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of 95.7 The Fan. And right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Here's a site to go to, FanDuel.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E. You use that website, join today, and then don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Mike to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 21 plus and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets which expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts a-u-d-a-c-y odyssey t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.